My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. On that Kalanga deal, we got $200,000 of, 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 uh, of equity, uh, you know, but if he had, if we had 10 Kalangas, you know, maybe a million dollar worth of growth. Yeah, 100%. So it's kind of like, how do you get to that point? And that's um, one of the things that I really kind of uh, 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 bring home for not only the clients, but any investor, really. It's, it really is about net value of properties. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Sharp and in this episode of Invest Like a Pro, we're chatting with founder and director of Housefinder, Simon Liu. His latest inspiring tale features a seasoned investor, a $200,000 uplift that stunned Liu himself and one of his favorite up-and-coming areas in Queensland that despite the lack of gold mines and beaches, offers a golden shine all of its own. The client from this particular case study is an established investor who already had a large number of properties and wanted to keep expanding his portfolio. Thanks to Lou, his knowledge of the Brisbane market and superpower of hunting down great deals, the story is one for the ages. I wanted to share this story because um, just the numbers surrounding this particular property and deal uh, really sort of brings home to the fact, uh, you know, of what we've kind of been talking about in previous episodes. It's about finding good deals. It's about finding good deals in good areas, off markets and distress and all that kind of stuff. He knew what he was looking for. He knew the numbers. He knew how to invest. So he wasn't a, a sort of a newbie by any, by any means. But the process and the strategy and, and also the, the, the search criteria for the property, whether it's your first or 10th property, should more or less remain the same. You know, when it comes to, comes to, like I said, looking for good deals and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, what he really wanted to buy was something that he could, uh, 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 especially in a booming market like Brisbane, is to extract equity as quickly as possible so that he could use that and just keep going and just keep buying and building his portfolio. Um, he also wanted a property that uh, had, had really good cash flow. Uh, and this property definitely ticked that, which I'll, uh, I'll expand on the numbers a little bit later on. Uh, and he also wanted the property to be pretty much low maintenance, you know, just a very simple house brick, you know, no, um, no real issues with it at all, like in terms of owning the property. 
so it, it, it's a very typical brief that we see or that we, we, we get exposed to in terms of these opportunities. So, you know, we went off and uh, it took us about a month or so to come up with this house uh, that we thought at the time was a pretty good deal. So to, to, um, to run you through some numbers, uh, it, it was a it was a four bedroom house, uh, brick house, uh, in uh, in a suburb called Kalanga, uh, which is in uh, in Brisbane, about thirty kilometers north of Brisbane. Uh, it was on about a six hundred to seven hundred square meter block. I forgot exactly what the what the numbers was, um, but um, uh, it was it was the seller was a, a very old couple that needed to move to a nursing home, but they needed to do it in a very specific time frame. Right. So because of that, his instruction, their instructions to the selling agent was to sell it off market to an investor that would allow them to have the luxury of time to, you know, gather their things, move to their nursing home, you know, not your typical 30 day or 42 day uh, settlement period. So it's a longer settlement period for that, that they were requesting. They weren't necessarily requesting a longer one, but just a more flexible one. It, I think it settled around the 45 day mark anyway. So it wasn't wasn't super long, but they just wanted that sort of, you know, um, uh, 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 easy going, yeah, flexible kind of kind of kind of buyer. So anyway, I was approached to this property by a, by a selling agent, a selling agent that we've done a lot of business with, and you know they know exactly how I work. And uh, you know he he told us we could pick up this deal for five hundred thousand dollars on the dot. And I, we know when we did the numbers at the time, this was in September, 2021. Okay. So about four or five months ago at the time of recording, um, uh, September, 2021, we picked up this house for $500,000. Uh, when we ran the comparables at that time, it was probably worth about the 570 mark, I would say, uh, you know, conservatively, just looking at what maybe sold in, uh, in, in August and, and, you know, sort of early September as well. And, um, you know, we negotiated, got got the five hundred thousand dollars, which uh, you know the client was super happy with because we showed him that, that it was a great deal. Uh, and uh, and uh, the the property actually rented for five hundred bucks a week as well. Okay, so the cash flow was huge uh, by residential property standards. Uh, it didn't require any renovations. Uh, the house was fine as is, and. Um, uh, and yeah, that was that was basically the deal that we got ourselves into uh, initially. Paint the picture of what does this house look like? Um, as you said, it was sound like an elderly couple who needed to move to a nursing home. So, was the inside dated, or was it you know I guess pretty much original fittings and original uh, inside, or had it? The house was actually uh, it was fairly original, but it had been updated internally. So it's had like a, a new, uh, a newish bathroom, a newish kitchen, but the layout and everything inside was uh, was fairly original. Now the owners that were quite elderly, uh, they they actually lived in it uh, from when they when the house was built. So it, it was the house was around about the 35, 40 year old mark, but when we did the building in person, the visual inspections, it, it was a clean, complete clean bill of health. I, I was actually surprised at a house of that age because we see a lot of these types of houses was in such a good quality. Um, in fact, we went into the deal because we knew it was quite cheap, expecting, uh, you know, maybe a few sort of teething or cosmetic wear and tear maintenance type issues, but it was completely void of that. 
you know, so um, it was a very clean house. In fact, you know what, guys, I'm going to share the actual address with you guys because I don't think I've got nothing to hide. And, and this, uh, you know, this particular buyer that I've got, I'm, I'm sure you'd be more than happy to uh, for me to, to, to use this as a case study to help educate others as well. The house is at um, 28 Cecily Street in Kalanga. Uh, so, you know, if you guys want to Google it and check it out, you're more than welcome to. Um, yeah, Kalanga, Queensland. So 28 Cecily, Kalanga in Queensland. <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, it was a, it was a fine house. It was a, it, it's what we call a high set house, uh, which means it's a, it's a house basically built on stilts and people park their cars underneath. And there's a lot of sort of storage and people build them out, build the underneath the extra rooms and rumpus rooms and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it was on a lot, pretty decent block, six to 700 square meters. I forgot the exact number, but a really large block, really good part of Kalanga, uh, you know, walking distance to a lot of amenities. Um, and, uh, yeah, we picked up a good deal. Now, why the main reason why I really wanted to share this deal with you guys is because, so we bought the house in September. Now, two months ago, um, uh, uh, sorry, not two months, two weeks ago in, Jan uh, in, uh, in, uh, in, in late January, uh, the client actually went back to the, va uh, the bank and did a, a valuation on the property and the valuation came back at $700,000. So immediately, not immediately, but I would say within a four to five month mark, there was already, you know, when you draw back down to 80% LVR, probably around about $150,000 of usable equity. Uh, for this particular client to to use to buy his next house, which is what we're intending to do now that, uh, at the moment. When you think about it, that's almost like learning 30K a month without doing anything. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the house, we bought the house, it was positive cash flow. So it didn't cost my uh, client any money to hold on to until this point. Uh, in fact, it made him a, a you know, couple a hundred or so dollars a week. Um, it was uh, didn't require any work at all. And we just bought it, we rented it out, and we pulled out the equity, and now we're shopping for another one. And this isn't a, this isn't an anomaly as well. You know, we we, we had another uh, client come back to, uh, to us a few days ago with a with a property we bought. I would say around about the uh, August uh, August mark last year. Uh, this was a property in Crestmead. Uh, we paid four hundred and four hundred odd thousand dollars for it, and uh, already we've stripped ninety thousand dollars of equity from that property as well. So uh, the lesson, I guess, in, you know, with these kinds of properties and these examples is don't, don't be afraid to ride a boom wave, which is what obviously Brisbane is experiencing at the moment. Um, you know, I bang on about buying good deals. I bang on about off markets and distressed properties, but in, in times like these, you can get the best of both worlds, you know, that Kalanga property. We were probably about 70, 80K below market value when we bought it, being off market and distressed. Um, and, uh, you know, in the past sort of four to five months as well, Kalanga and that entire Moreton Bay region has also done leaps and bounds in terms of growth. So we, we basically get the best of both worlds, you know, and that cash flow obviously is there to, you know, to make a lot of sense as well in terms of the holding costs because we're definitely not selling it or my client's definitely not selling it just yet. Um, and we're just pulling out the equity and moving on to another property. My mouth is watering and saying to myself, man, you should have sent this deal to me first. <laughs> 
I'll send you my agreement. <laughs> we'll talk. About, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean, like you know, it's and look, I mean, I understand uh, for um, uh, for uh, a lot of people out there that are that are investors that trying to find good deals in this market is extremely hard. Um, but I will say that they're def- <coughs> they're definitely out there. You know, off markets, distressed sellers. There's a lot of sellers that can't sell on on market, even if they want to. You know, they might be caught up in some kind of legal trouble where they can't sort of publicly uh, be letting go of assets or whatever it might be, or maybe it might be an, uh, a personal factor. Uh, it might be like an embarrassment to, for them, whatever situation they're in, to let go of properties, and they're not willing to do that at the cost of losing a little bit of money. So they're definitely out there, guys. And you know, I, I don't want to. Um, uh, I don't want people to feel like that, you know, uh, they, they're, 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 they're missing the boat or missing the train or they're, they're you know, they, they're, they're, they're getting too caught up in the whole FOMO type thing. Uh, because the reality is, you know, professional investors, we'll talk about this uh, uh, maybe in another episode, but it's about being unemotional. You know, it's about kind of sticking to the strategy, sticking to the numbers and just making sure we buy properties that work uh, for your long-term portfolio, your long-term goals as well. So fundamentally, let's take a step back. If this property did not rise in a booming market, which we're currently in by 200K, even if you bought it with the fundamentals, just from our conversation here, it sounds like an excellent property for that. And, and this is where I sort of want to jump back into, let's talk a little bit more, firstly about, I guess, the background of the client, which we kind of touched on initially because he's also a professional investor. He doesn't have any emotion attached to it. Obviously, he went out to see you to get assistance um, because he's coming from a buyer's agent's point of view. You know, you're here really just to crunch the numbers. You're not here to buy an emotion because that's what I would have done if I said, this is a fantastic deal. Even though I know fundamentals are good, I would have just gone, yeah, I'll just take the deal and, you know, obviously hope that things are going well. Coming up after the break, we'll unveil the mystery investor's name. Recently, quit his job and pursued a uh, career in, um, in in the property industry. The demographics of the people looking to move into the Kalanga area. Most of the people buying properties in Kalanga, Petrie, Dakabin, uh, North Lakes, Maroba Downs, Mango Hill, like that entire sort of Morton Bay pocket are people looking for houses to live in. We hear some of the reasons why this area is such hot property. I mean, there are so many metrics that that you can sort of dive into and look at. I mean, we, we look at, you know, some most of the time we kind of just look at some of the more macro stuff. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Sham and you're listening to Property Investory. Have you been looking for months and getting frustrated that each property you've seen since be a lemon? Or are you after distress, off-market, high cash flow properties in high growth areas, capital city locations? If you answered yes to either of these questions, you are not alone. For being a loyal listener of the podcast, Simon Liu is offering a free one-hour strategy session normally valued at $500 to help put together an actionable property plan. To get your free strategy session, simply visit housefinder.com.au and fill out the contact form or call Simon directly on 0415-626-342 and quote property investory. story. 
Lu paints a picture of the ingenious investor, illustrating his property experience and what he does for a crust. He's definitely a professional investor. He's built up his portfolio while working his uh, his standard nine to five jobs, and he actually recently uh, 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 quit his job and pursued uh, uh, a career in, um, in in the property industry. Am I allowed to say names? Yeah, yeah, I'm more than happy to to tell you, tell you guys that his name is uh, Jai. He's uh, Jai Ko. He's from a company called uh, JD Capital, and he's a mortgage broker. Um, and uh, you know, he's built that business off the back of being able to retire from uh, from uh, uh, his day job by accumulating properties that are very similar to the one that I just talked about. You know, so he's got a bunch of properties in Queensland, in, in, in Logan, you know, in, in areas that, um, you know, back before this boom started, uh, a lot of uh, investors were quite, um, uh, I would say, reluctant to jump into uh, because of its sort of low economic status, uh, uh, low socioeconomic status sort of uh, standpoint. But, but, you know, we might expand on that as well in another episode. Um but um, but yeah, you know, he's, he had accumulated, uh, I think, off the top of my head, maybe seven or eight properties at the time of when we bought this house. Uh, so, or, so he's extremely active in the market, um, and uh, you know, he, he's one of those investors that understands that numbers do the talking. You know, obviously, we have to get the fundamentals right in terms of, you know, only sticking to major built-up areas, good population demand, uh, good infrastructure and government spending. A lot of jobs, multiple industries, good family-friendly areas—all those kinds of boxes need to be ticked wherever you're buying. But once you have those boxes ticked, you're free reign to buy wherever. Just like in Brisbane, you know, there's a lot of investors that maybe are like, "Oh, I want to buy in this area. I want to buy in this area. I want to buy in this area." But at the end of the day, whichever area you're buying in, yes, there are markets within markets. But when it booms, they'll all eventually experience growth so really what it comes down to is when you get into these deals how much are you paying uh you know how much how much equity can you get from them how much cash flow can you get from them and how is that deal going to help you buy more deals so that when brisbane or or perth or sydney or wherever it is starts booming how much money you're exposed to how much growth you're exposed to you know, on that Kalanga deal, we got two hundred thousand dollars of 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 of, uh, of equity. Uh, you know, but if he had, if we had ten Kalangas, you know, maybe a million dollar worth of growth. Yeah, hundred percent. So it's kind of like, how do you get to that point? And that's um, one of the things that I really kind of uh, 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 bring home for not only clients but any investor. Really, it's, it really is about net value of properties. You know, and and how do you get to that point that that will determine how much money you make at the end of the day, really? So the message really is fundamentally, you know, pick a good location. Um, obviously, make sure that everything marks the checks the box. But ultimately, having multiple properties, not just one or two, but multiple of them, allows you to be able to ride, for example, the growth in in any particular market at um, the times when we have a boom. So that's a very very good point that you've made there. Now, I, I want to jump in and, and have a chat a little bit about Kalanga because I don't know the area well and I'm, you know, some listeners may or may not know, but um, why particularly that area and, and you know, I guess let's just talk a little bit about the demographics behind that one. So Kalanga is about 30 to 40 minutes north of, uh, of Brisbane. Uh, it's in an area called Morton Bay. 
Um, it's uh, it's an area that's been it's been hit pretty hard by investors. I would say over the past five to ten years. Uh, I would say maybe around the f- three to five year mark. Previously, it was kind of like a a flavor of the month type thing, especially for people chasing cash flow in Brisbane. Uh, now, Kalanga itself at that point had a bit of a bad, I wouldn't say bad reputation, but maybe like a, a, a lower socioeconomic um, uh, reputation. And the reason why I have targeted this particular area is because it's currently going through or it, 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 it's well into going through that process of gentrification. Right, so it's becoming a, 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 a much more owner-occupier friendly. Uh, the demographics completely changing. You know, most of the people buying properties in Kalanga, Petrie, Dakabin, uh, North Lakes, Murrumba Downs, Mango Hill, like that entire sort of Morton Bay pocket, are people looking for houses to live in. You know, they're no longer investors anymore. They're young families. They're they're, they're professional couples. Uh, that people relocating from Sydney and Melbourne, a massive thing that we're seeing you know, moving into this area. And they're moving into this area because not only does it have a lot of lifestyle characteristics, you know, you've got your shops and schools and parks and, and a lot of sort of waterway type, uh, you know, close to, uh, you know, reserves and, and creeks and rivers and, and, and actually Morton Bay itself. Um, but it's affordable very very important it's still affordable you know and that affordability is driving people to that area especially when they're starting to get priced out of inner brisbane areas um but the difference is i mean let's be honest you know whether we're looking at five hundred thousand dollars or even seven hundred thousand dollars for a three or four bedroom brick house on a six seven hundred square meter block within 30 k's 35 k's of the city of a major capital city is still affordable. You know, affordable in the sense that uh, average income earner or, a, or average income couple can get into without any dramas. And we talked about this in previous episodes in the sense that, you know, the $500,000 property we bought has a lot higher chance or percentage chance of becoming a million dollar property because it's still affordable, you know, uh, whereas if we're getting into some of the more expensive blue chip suburbs, if we get in at a mill, it's harder for that property to become two mil, which is double in value, same same scenario. So those are some of the reasons, uh, along with a bunch of other ones, uh, which I won't get into now, uh, why we are targeting or we have been targeting the Warm Bay area uh, and many other parts of Brisbane as well. Well, I mean, we do have time, Simon. I mean, it would be great to sort of just delve into some of this, to be honest, because I, I mean, it just it just makes me think, you know, if you just did a random search, you know, as a property investor and you try to find properties that are around that half million dollar mark, as we said, it's affordable and, and pick sort of, I guess, metropolitan cities, whether it be in Brisbane, Melbourne, don't know about Sydney, don't know if you're going to find it. So it kind of makes you think, wow, if you just did that kind of search, I wonder how many properties would probably pop up that would be suitable. And you don't do your fundamental searches and, and check all that that would be feasible because then you go, okay, there's actually still a lot of potentially out there, a lot of properties. You just got to find them. That's all where it comes down to. I mean, there are so many metrics that that you can sort of dive into and look at. I mean, we, we look at, you know, some most of the time we kind of just look at some of the more macro stuff. 
Now, obviously, Sydney's not a great place to be buying. So even if you can buy something for five, six hundred thousand dollars, it's probably not a good play in terms of how much growth you're going to experience. Um, you know, one of the main things we focus on are, are, are um, uh, is what's happening in the area as well, like in terms of infrastructure and you know government spending and uh, you know a lot of listeners who might be familiar with Port Bay area. You know they're, they're putting a lot of money in to upgrade roads uh you know we've recently had some new uh, new, new train stations there uh, obviously you've got the new university thing at petrie um and you know there's also going to be that where it is at the moment geographically it kind of right you're kind of in the middle of between brisbane and the sunshine coast and what we're currently seeing is a trend where the pockets between Sunshine Coast and Brisbane and Brisbane and Gold Coast are starting to close that gap. You know, previously it was kind of no man's land, but now it's starting to close because people are moving in these areas specifically because they get to enjoy the lifestyle of both worlds. You know, the relaxed beach, you know, holiday lifestyle of Sunshine Coast and the Gold Coast, but also in proximity to a major capital city like Brisbane. And all that has to offer and if you have to work obviously you can commute to brisbane for work uh, or you know and also uh, uh you know commute to 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 the beach after work as well potentially fantastic location i mean it's central to a lot of things that's the great thing and and you plus you have the lifestyle as well not having to stress out about living too close to the city yeah 100 percent. and look i think that previous factor that i mentioned that owner occupier appeal and there's a a, a a couple of variables that come off that as well but when we're seeing a large influx of owner occupiers um, replacing investors, that's a really solid sign for us as well. Um, you know, it, 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 however, I do need to make a distinction there because a lot of people, when they buy investment properties, uh, they want to buy in an area that's already uh, established with a lot of owner occupiers. Now, the problem with that is a lot of the data that you see is too old. You know, a lot of the demographics data and all that kind of stuff is from like the 2006, from 2016. You know, so that's completely not reflective of what's changing at the moment. So for investors out there, it's really important to be a little bit more astute about what's currently happening on the ground. Uh, any data out there, all data is based on history, is based on yesterday. So, you know, you have to kind of look at it very carefully and not just rely purely on data to make decisions today as to what might happen tomorrow. You know, so because a lot of the times it's, you know, if we're already, if, if you're, let's say, for example, buying in an area that's already heavily unoccupied, maybe a lot of the growth has gone already. You know, maybe you're a little bit too late into that area. Uh, maybe you're buying into a price that's already uh, inflated because a lot of that influx has already happened. So, you know, those are the, some, some of the things that we look at as well. That's great. And that's really good insight because you're on the ground and on top of that, you're always, you're pretty much doing this full time anyway. So that's why you have that knowledge. Whereas as an investor, you know, I'm not always on the ground seeing all these kind of things. Hence the reason why coming to you to actually get that information makes a huge difference giving, I guess, the investor an edge and, and hoping, you know, to re reduce the, the risks of actually making, I guess, a, a, a challenging or a bad mistake, I guess you can say, because ultimately, 
yes, you can buy a property, but if it doesn't move, then you know you've had an opportunity lost of being able to purchase something else that could be you know a better growth asset. So that's why these decisions are very very important to speak with your team. You know, not do this yourself, but to work with the team, whether it be a property manager, buyer's agent, you know. Uh, a mortgage broker work these things out together with them because they will be able to give you guidance on their expertise on what's going to be best for your situation too not only that it's about confidence you know like as an investor myself if i didn't have a good property manager didn't have a good solicitor didn't have good trades on the ground a thousand kilometers away there was no there'd be no way i'd have the confidence to build three or four properties you know let alone the amount of properties i have now um and uh, it's a bit of a mindset thing as well, just having that peace of mind, knowing that if something were to go wrong, you just pick up the phone, call whoever you know is part of your team that deals with that, and it's looked after. So you know, it's not necessarily just buyers agents. Obviously, we have a role, but you know, your mortgage broker or property managers, even the person that helps you with the insurance, you know, or your depreciation, you know, that's super important as well. So once you have that established team of people around you it's just about finding the right deal which is the hard bit (laughs) to be honest Thank you to buyer's agent Simon Liu, our guest on this special episode of Invest Like a Pro presented by Housefinder. Also, for being a loyal listener of the podcast, I've asked Simon to offer a free one-hour strategy session normally valued at $500 to help you put together an actionable property plan. To get your free strategy session, simply visit housefinder.com.au and fill out the contact form or call Simon directly on 0415-626-342 and quote, Property Investory. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com tapiphone tap iPhone.